Welcome to the official 2023 Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast. We are rebooted and rebranded and back for another fun series which will give you the lowdown and some of the highlights from this year's upcoming festival. Finding out what makes comics tick and why they think Glasgow is the funniest city in the world. I'm your host, Scott Agnew. I've performed at every single edition of the festival, from the tiniest wee rooms the city has to offer, right the way up to the King's Theatre. Not to mention some of the other venues like the bus into the Toon and on the Glasgow subway. So I know the festival inside out and the folk that make it happen, both behind the scenes and on stage. We'll be hearing from some of the stars of this year's festival, as well as giving you the hints and tips about the lesser-known hot tickets in town. There's some exciting new additions to this year's festival programme, including the inaugural Sir Billy Conley Spirit of Glasgow Award, which will be presented at our first-ever closing gala performance at the King's Theatre on April 2nd. Each week, we'll be showcasing the people that have helped make the festival happen, such as our sponsor, Glasgow Life. Uh, You've heard the phrase, people make Glasgow, and hopefully this podcast shows you more about why that's true, and why Glasgow is the funniest city in the world. Make sure you grab yourself a copy of the brochure available at all participating venues, or check out our website, www.glasgowcomedyfestival.com, that's all the W's, glasgowcomedyfestival.com to secure your tickets for your favourite and fancied acts at this year's festival. The official Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast asked everyone performing at this year's festival to give us a little taste of their festival fast fives. That's five questions we set them to tell us about their show. Uh, We asked them to pitch their own show in 30 seconds, uh, what their favourite Glasgow memory was, What's their favourite thing to do or see in Glasgow? What their favourite joke is? And what their favourite heckle is? First up with our Festival Fast Fives is Cathy Manura. Hi, my name's Cathy Manura and I am bringing my first solo show, Objectified, to the Glasgow Comedy Festival. It's probably not quite what you think. It is actually an hour of character comedy where I pretend to be lots of different objects, try and bring them to life. So there is a paper straw who's kind of Californian and annoying. There's a super keen electric scooter. There's an exhausted guitar. Um, And I also kind of delve into why I do that. Why do I pretend to be objects? Um, My favorite Glasgow memory slash trip slash visit Um, In July 2020, I came to visit um, a friend in Glasgow uh, just coming out of lockdown and spent a week and it was just so beautiful. Um, I was so happy to be up there. My my favourite memory is that um, we drove out one day and climbed a Monroe and it was like torrential, torrential driving rain and about halfway up. my fear of heights really, really got triggered and I had to kind of lie down on the side of the mountain and um, and give up. And that photo is still my friend's um, phone background. <laughs> um, what is something that people should see or do in Glasgow? Vintage shopping. I love vintage shopping in Glasgow, especially in the West End. I always get really good stuff. It's always really good value and... Then people ask me about it and I can sound really cultured and be like, oh, it's from this lovely place in Glasgow. What's my favourite joke? Mm, my favourite, like, cheesy dad joke is, what do you call a French man wearing sandals? Philippe Philop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, what's your favorite heckle that you've witnessed or experienced? Um, one of my good friends um, was doing an excellent Edinburgh Fringe show uh, a couple of years back and um, a guy in the audience was being quite disruptive and then when challenged by my friend, uh, he, he said, my friend asked him, how do you think the show is going? And the guy said, um, had a really kind of raspy voice and he was like, some of it's good, some of it's less good. And um, I think we all agreed that was quite, quite a good review of most comedy shows, I reckon. Phil, uh, welcome to the official Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast 2023. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's great to be here. It's it's nice to see you. You're you're coming to the the Glasgow Comedy Festival on the 2nd of April uh, to the King's Theatre. That's right. That's right. Very excited. Big old place. It's a big old place. It's it's a big old iconic, you know, uh, theatre in Glasgow. It's it's where all of Scotland's proper comedy greats have, have performed in the past. None of which right. is down south, remarkably. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's 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 wonderful to have you. And just tell us about the new show, because what 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 can we expect? Well, my stand-up show is called Wangin' Their Baby, and there's a comma um, before baby, to keep it grammatically correct. Um, And it's kind of like my silliest stand-up show um, yet. Uh, I just looked back to my old stand-up and thought, well, I'm being very serious. I don't really understand why I'm being so serious about comedy. So this one, I'm just like allowing myself to be a bit sillier, and I go on sort of sillier, um, down sillier routes, and, and, um, and, you know, um, I'm just a bit goofier. Uh, I didn't really sort of build a show around a theme. I just kept doing stand-up, and I like writing new material, and I just found, oh, I've got an hour of new material. Um, yeah. he, has, he has a show. But, I mean, it's it's about... There's a bit about um, reheating rice. There's a bit about trying to buy a fridge. Um, oh, no, trying to buy a sofa <clears throat> and having a fridge. Sorry. <clears throat> Very important difference there. Yes, there's definitely having one and <laughs> and, and there's one. a bit about seeing my dad again after being separated by COVID. <clears throat> Do you remember COVID? Yes, I I, I remember it well. Um, it was it was the worst of times. <laughs> it was the best of times. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I I actually I, I really quite enjoyed it. I think I'd read something about yourself saying that, you know you're you're very happy in your own company. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, yeah. Lonely people have to say that. I think. Do you, th- <laughs> do you think so? Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. well, I think I, stand-ups in general probably are quite happy in in our in our own company, which is why we've elected to 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 do a performance style that really just is us alone on stage. Yeah, and not have to consider anyone else at all for. Oh yeah, you know most most of. Your, your working life is it's really quite nice. Like I I I found the hour a day going outside excessive. You know that that seemed oh big time. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, in lockdown, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I mean, when I, when they said you can you can do an hour a day of exercise, I thought, do I have to? It wasn't necessarily exercise. I mean, I'm not. I'm clearly not an athlete. You know, but um, yeah, just I that actually. Oh, do I need to go? Do I need to go out? 
Um, so I, I was perfectly. I was. I could have gone for. I could have gone longer. That's what I'm saying. Without seeing anyone, <laughs> it would it would, it would yeah. it quite nicely. So did you find? Yeah, well, because did, did you find that yourself? So. Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't sort of mind the third one. I'm the only one who, who's favorite lockdown was lockdown three in the winter. <laughs> yeah, that's that yeah. Was, I, so tail end of twenty one was that be? Yeah. Th- um. No, that that wasn't that the the end of twenty twenty into the start of twenty one. That was lockdown three. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Was yeah. Good. It was um. It was snowy. It was magical. Uh. <laughs> And also in like London, the South is not built for summer. You're lucky in Scotland with regards to global warming because your summers are still tolerable. Right, yeah, we can still do them. You know, They're all right. You know, I, I don't know why COP was in Glasgow. You guys are fine. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you know, COP should have been in my overheated sort of lounge in my tiny flat in London. That's, <laughs> that's where global warming was really starting to hit. <laughs> yeah, you're probably good for another sort of couple of decades here, you know. Um, <laughs> I reckon by the sort of mid twenty thirties, we could probably start marketing ourselves as a as a proper sort of resort sort of location. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, a wine producing country. That 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 would be. I'd, I think that could be quite dangerous. Can you imagine? Yeah, Glaswegian Chardonnay. That would be wild. <laughs> um, yeah, being both a whiskey and a wine producing country, I mean, <laughs> yeah, nobody would get anywhere. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that kind of, and that 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 third lockdown was beautiful because I, I forgot it was there was wintry weather. Um, I, I you know I'm in Glasgow city centre, um, and so you live in the city centre. I do live in the city centre. In that beautiful. sort of grid kind of uh, area, uh, kind of. I'm, I'm more at a, yeah. I'm kind of at the bottom of a. I'm at the bottom of the grid before you get to the Clyde. Okay, uh, okay. My 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 Glaswegian geography is not great. I know um, the Glasgow Central Station. Right. Uh, if, I can, if I squint, I can almost see it from here. Um, oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So that is central. And so very central, you know, it's, it's, it's about five-minute walk from here. I mean, you've seen Glasgow Green, the big just expanse in the middle of the city. Have you seen that? Um, I'm sure I have. I've been to the city so many times, but I'm so bad at, like, geography. I never log. I never log where I'm at. I think because I'm part of this generation that's only ever um, sort of traversed cities with Google Maps. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I just put the destination into my phone and I follow the blue line, which I, is convenient. But then you don't, I've never built like, even London, I, I, it took me years to get a sort of mental picture of where things are. And even now I'll think of a borough and I'll get it completely wrong. It'll be like, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I've, I've, I've had that way with like driving as well. I feel like the, the, the time of sort of men comparing routes in roads is is gone. That generation is the, the our fathers. I think were the last generation to yes. do that because I don't know a single name of a single road in the UK. I just follow the arrow on my phone, and 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 very proud of it as well. We are our generation very proud of that. We don't know that because we don't need to know that. You reckon where our generation is proud? Not yes, to know, so but... not having to know that. I think I think that's 
whereby sort of men, if you say, would have been, that that was that took up half a barbecue. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. People talking about how to get to Derbyshire. <laughs> what do you reckon? What do we talk about now then? Without roads, what what are men going to talk about without routes? I don't know. I mean, I mean, as a as a gay man, podcasts it's, we're listening it's, to. It's, it's probably going to be podcasts, isn't it? Um, but I, I, I find myself <laughs> I find myself getting kind of entrenched because my 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 concentration span's not great. I find myself spending an awful lot of time getting entrenched in conversations. About stupidly long box sex series. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. What What are you watching? Is definitely maybe that's the new. How did you get here? Yeah. What are you watching? And I, and I often don't get past sort of series two or three of whatever it is. Really. <laughs> it's also difficult because there's always one person in there who hasn't seen it, and so you can't talk. Yeah. I don't, that, 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 that has to be the roadmap chat of the of the future. Because you know, there'll be someone who hasn't driven to Derbyshire. Uh, <laughs> we have, you know, would have been presented. Yeah. Present Our father's generation always said, no, don't tell me how to get to Derbyshire. I've, I've not been here. You don't spoil it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. I, just, <laughs> I much prefer to get my 80s head out at the time, you know. Do you know the A to Z? Do you know, just, do you know how the A to Z um, checked that no one was copying their maps Ill- illegally? How did they do that? They put in fake streets in their no. maps. Yeah, they put in occasional fake roads. So then, they if they if they could if they they had suspicions that someone had copied their map, they could look for their fake road. And if they had their fake road, then they knew they copied their map. How did I? I did not know that. I mean, that that almost sounds a bit kind of sort of malicious in their part. What if somebody... Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of person who would go, look, look, I mean, I chose a house in Manchester based on the fact that the street behind it had my name on it, and I thought, well, that's a sign, right? <laughs> when I moved to Manchester. Well, Scott Road. It, it was Agnew Road. Um... Agnew Road. I think that's about mm-hmm. as good. Honestly, the, the place I live now... I was umming and eyeing about the the area, and I walked walked down the the mini high street in the uh, in Peckham there, and there's a tiny Chinese supermarket called Wang's, and that's the moment I went, okay, it's a yes. sign. And I'm I'm not even religious or superstitious. I just thought, well, I can't not live here now. Yeah, well, that that was it. That that that, that was entirely how I picked because I didn't really know where you know where I was looking in Manchester. Uh, it turns out it was Gorton, which is only claimed to fame as where Myra Henley grew up, um, <laughs> and, and had the most had the most shoplifted from Tesco in all of Europe. Which so well, I mean, uh, the, the area does sound like Gotham, so that that that, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. So I was, reassured, I was reassured by the street behind it having my name on it, and then there was a little park which was called Sunny Brow or Sunny Hill Park, and there was two ducks. And I thought, if it's all right for the ducks, then, <laughs> and that's the whole criteria I use. That's, that's how you've always lived your life, isn't it, Scott? Yeah. If it's good enough for ducks, it's good enough for me. That's why, that's why you eat me. so much bread. <laughs> yes, which is why I'm now 25 stone, for fuck's sake. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so, sorry, I've, I've gone off. Uh, so, uh, I know you, you, you were saying you, you, we often, as comics, don't sort of keep a geography of... Because we, we 
but do go to so many different cities and you can often switch off. But presumably, when you're in Glasgow, Phil, <laughs> you're no, sure. I take everything in. Take everything in. Uh, uh, um, yeah, no, Glasgow's a Glasgow's a, yeah, it's a really amazing uh, a city. It's it's, it's but it's so it feels so vast um, to me, especially because I'm usually coming from Edinburgh because you know there's a gig I'm off in during the fringe month or I'm passing through Edinburgh and you you don't really realize how sort of petite Edinburgh actually is and you get to Glasgow and it's it's vast and sprawling yeah I mean, Edinburgh sort of sticks everything and I'm going to sound this Edinburgh makes sure everything was facing the right way to attract the tourists you know right you know, if, if you're in the middle because I, I had I had the good fortune to stay in Edinburgh Castle one night. Uh, I was wow! Doing, I was doing a gig for the army, and they still use that as sort of barracks on the on the base. Ah, no way! And I woke up in the morning. And I opened, I opened the curtains, and it was crap because there's nothing to see because you're in the view. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> the rest is crap, but nobody notices that because Edinburgh's built to face the castle. <laughs> I said, you always want to live in the ugliest house on the street because you get the best view. Of course you do, you know, which is why yeah, I don't yeah. wash my windows. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that must have been cool. What was it like living and staying in Edinburgh Castle? It was just, it was cold. It was, it was what you yeah. would imagine. It was pretty drafty. It was an bad signal. Uh, bad signal, um, and it was, it was an, it was, it was army accommodation. So it was as glamorous as, as you can imagine. You know, it was pretty much you know, a single bed. You know, a sort of jaggy netted sheet, you know, which was which is horrid. But that was that was it. Um, so um, you 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 visited here, you visited Glasgow many times. Um, any fond memories of sort of Glaswegian audiences or of Glaswegian or... audiences? Um, I I remember my first few gigs at the. Um... The stand in Glasgow, and that's such a cool room. I really like that. You know, I think Scottish audiences in general are very like discerning, right? And um, I think they've they've been known as discerning for a while. In Glasgow, I think especially, um, a very discerning crowd. Um, I think in the UK in general, you don't get fake laughs you don't get polite laughs in the uk in general speaking as someone who's performed in america where that is not a concern in the uk um in the uk no one really gives you a fake or polite laugh um especially not uh and that's especially the case in glasgow so it feels like if you do get a laugh you uh it's really worth something i think that's i think that's what i really like about uh glaswegian audiences is that uh the laughs are, are worth a lot I know it's, it's and it's a strange one because we're, we're, I don't think we're predisposed to being rude in our no. in our uh, interactions, but put us in an audience and we're quite happy to, for not <laughs> uh, really just yeah. I think I think I think I'm something seems to be that's particular to cultures who are very funny themselves or who pride their uh, pride themselves on being funny. I think it's very much the case in. Uh, Ireland as well, you know, I think yeah. there's, and, and also the case in Glasgow, I think there's a feeling that well, our, our chat is already pretty good, so you you know, 
you're, <laughs> you're making quite the statement by assuming we should listen to your chat for 20 to 60 minutes, that's right? <laughs> yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, that's it. We, we've interrupted our conversation to give you some time. <laughs> uh, and, if, and if it's not up to our standard, then, yeah, beat it or whatnot. Uh, so you were saying this, this show that you're bringing to the Kings uh, is... is um, goofier or a bit more fun um is that i mean is that, is that, does that come from being getting older just more comfortable in what you're doing or yeah i think so i think so i, th- I think actually you know when you're younger you actually take things more seriously maybe because yeah. you think everything is so vital and so important and yeah. and as you get older you realize Oh, that wasn't that unique, that opportunity, or, you know, oh, this keeps going, or there's really nothing to be worried about or afraid of. Um, and I think I always approached comedy very studiously because I was, I was always, I was always sort of good at school. And I thought, oh, okay, so this is, you know, this is how you attain success is by being very studious and very serious yes, about sir. things. And I applied that same logic to comedy sometimes. And I found it made me sort of too serious in my, I was watching some old stand up just yesterday. And I, I was like, I thought, well, God, this, this is very verbose. There's too many words. Here. Who, am I trying to, who am I trying to impress? Like, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing stand up, and I'm trying to sound like Oscar Wilde. It's like, just calm down. I wanted to tell myself through the screen, calm down. So I, I'm trying to strip away the pretensions. I think, you know, now, um, and, but every every time I look at anything I've done more than six months ago, I think, ugh, awful, awful, terrible, terrible, terrible. I need to do better. I've done a very, very good job of avoiding um, recording myself <laughs> over the years. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm terrible for it. I can't watch myself. I hate it. I really, really hate it. People have to, they have to, people have to clockwork orange me into a chair really? if they want me to watch my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I get, I get the benefits, you know, of doing it. Um, but I, you know, it is it is cringeworthy. One looking at yourself, hearing yourself. Um, yeah, it does work though. It's like ex- it's, a, it's it's annoying, like exercise. The unfortunate thing is, it does work. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, and I suppose that that, that kind of been. I think it's because. You, as a young person, you 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 don't feel as if you're being taken seriously, anyhow. Mm, that's a very good point. Yes, so you kind of feel you need to overcompensate, but it's, which is kind of bonkers, given what we do. We're not really supposed to be taken particularly seriously, anyhow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think there 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 are also trends in comedy, right? And I think and and it's affected by the politics of the time. And I think we, over the last, what, I mean, certainly since 2016, but maybe before that, we've lived in very sort of unserious times. And I think the feeling has been that comedians need to be serious in reply. I think yeah. um, it's particularly the case with regards to, say, um, Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people, when Donald Trump became um, pre- president, people who didn't know any better said, um, oh, it's going to be great for comedians. And I knew from the day one it was going to be terrible for comedians because the Donald Trump is the joke. He's already funnier than most comedy you can make about him. And so in response, comedy became very self-serious yeah. and kind of sanctimonious and, and not particularly funny. 
And I think that culture kind of trickles down to all comedians, um, especially comedians who want to be taken seriously as a kind of important stand-up. Stand-up, yeah. Um, and maybe I was affected a little by that. No, not not more, not as much as others, but um, but now that things are hope maybe becoming a little more serious, people are be- comedians are becoming more silly. This is a general theory that I have about comedy: is that if the world is more serious, comedy is sillier, and if the world yeah. is sillier, the comedy is more serious. Yeah, I mean, again, yeah, yeah, you always have to react against what what what's what's in front of you, um, and you know, it's, it's you, you either had to do complete. I think you either had to do the very serious and address what was going on in the world, or you had to do kind of complete escapism. Yes, exactly. Uh, which I'm not very good at that sort of Tony Law sort of. <laughs> plan, plan to... <laughs> no, it's very hard. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's a very hard thing to do, is is that sort of thing. Um, so I kind of I found myself sort of floating. I, I kind of retreated into my own personal stories. If that was, you know, my personal narrative. So it was a, a dreadful bore about myself um, <laughs> for for years. Um, so um, so you as well as a as well as performers of stand up, a you produced your first book. Did, that, did you write oh, that during yeah. lockdown or did it just come out during the lockdown? I wrote it during lockdown, yeah. So I wrote it over six months, gosh, maybe six months or nine months or something. That's um, over lockdown. I was very fortunate to be able to do that because it, it was something to do. Yeah. Um, when, when, when gigs were illegal and, <laughs> and no, no one was making any TV or any radio really. Um, and it was certainly, and I was happy to avoid the car park gigs. Did you ever do a driving gig? Do you know, I was in a really fortunate position that my grandfather had died just before lockdown and we sold his house. Uh, okay, <laughs> very fortunate, and, which, which was very fortunate. And the basis that I kind of went, mm, well, you know, I don't need the gigs. Um, I tried to convince. Oh, them. I see. They looked horrific. They looked absolutely and utterly horrific. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, um, the drive-in ones looked like something from Mad Max. I mean, just yes. cars piling into an empty field and honking <laughs> if they found something funny. I mean, Christ. Yeah, and I thought I'm. So I, 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 I kind of prided myself that I was doing something very socialist. You know, well, I'll let those that need work. You know, and I'll sit at home. <laughs> <laughs> but right. So, so each as he needs. Well, what's what's the socialist saying? From each as he can provide to each as he needs, something like that. Oh, that did yeah, you, that's what you're living by. I was living by that, you know. Uh, truth is, I was absolutely utterly terrified of them. They looked horrendous. Um, but you know, had had I had to, I would have probably found a way to do them. But uh, they did not sound good. So you you took you you hid from the car park gigs with. The, yes, you know the, the easy task of writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was it was it was, it was a cool experience. Um, I never written a book before. Uh, it, you, you get to explore ideas a little more deeply than in stand up because in stand up you know you're always trying to get like a gag in all the time, yeah. whereas in a um a book you got a little more space and a little more time. And then if you want to add a gag in, you can just well I just sort of put footnotes and you could you know I'll stick it aside. That's all right. That's, yeah. That's a, have a gag. You know, there's a free gag. Uh, it was called uh, Side Splitters, uh, 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 an exploration of two worlds. I must get that wrong. Um, 
doing this um, it's uh, Science Builders are how to be from two worlds at once. It's essentially right. about me being British um, and Malaysian Chinese. And it's, yeah, it's about, but it's sort of like comparing the two cultures and what it's like to be mixed race and to be mixed cultures and, um, and having mixed parents. Uh, and it, but I've been so, and I really wanted to avoid writing a memoir because I think it's gross for anyone under the age of 75, except Malala, <laughs> to write a book about themselves. And so I split it into 10 chapters that were themed, and each one is okay. about an aspect of life that is affected by being mixed race. So one chapter is called history, one chapter is called language, one chapter is called family, and one is called food. And so instead of like, saying I was born in boop de boo and then yeah. I grew up and I also went to this school. It's, um, yeah, it's sort of breaking up. It's, to it's talking about subjects from my lived experience. Uh, no, yeah, that, that sounds like a much more kind of analytical, uh, academic approach to it almost. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wanted to write it in a structure that I would want to read. I, I'm not really yeah. like a biographer person. I don't like reading about people's lives. I don't like a biopic. I don't like watching movies about real people. I don't know about you. I just find it kind of um, lame. Yeah, generally, yeah, biopics. I can, I can sort of take them and leave them. Um, I, well, I often kind of wonder why are we, why are we, um, why are we employing actors to do these things when a perfectly good documentary would do? I watch a documentary about someone's life. Yes, I, I'm really not interested in an actor, you know, because I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I, Watching I don't really... a two-hour-long impression, it's like uh -huh. hmm, I like an impression, but not for two hours. <laughs> not for two hours. That was that was full on. Yeah, I've never understood that. It's, and and so sort of crime, crime series that you know that, that recreate real crime, and again you kind of go, well, because they often have, to, but they don't show you the murderous bits because that's offensive. So, so as if right. shown as anything that a documentary couldn't show us, like a crime doc, you know. Mm. Mm. Right, I, I think I'm more on board with the crime stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that is sort of inherently dramatic. Whereas yeah. sort of the life of Johnny Cash, yeah, he wrote some great songs and he divorced the lady. And you go, well, is that, I, is that I because think I'd rather watch Godfather. Is that, is that, is that, well, again, yeah, well, Godfather, that's, yeah, but, but, but uh, someone say that's more than just a crime film, but that's <laughs> okay. Then I'd rather watch uh, Crank. <laughs> Crank two. Yeah, but but yeah, but, but, but the likes of sort of Johnny Cash and Elvis documentary biopics. I don't know. Are they? And this is going to sound ridiculous, but kind of true at the same time. Are the lives just a bit too much like our lives as comics? Oh. Mm, I think this is a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just a more glamorous version of us. It's just green rooms and travel yeah. and self doubt <laughs> and <laughs> you know and jealousy and competition and frustration. Uh -huh. And we love it day after day. Do you know, it's like, but I, I so we don't know anything else. You know, well, that's that's uh, yeah. It's like. Uh, so I don't watch. I'm, I'm in a strange camp of being a gay man that doesn't watch RuPaul's Drag Race because I'd been out because wow. I'd been out with a couple of drag queens and I kind of just feel as if I know it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 It's a busman's holiday. It's a drag queen's holiday. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, they should call it a drag a drag queen's RuPaul. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't want to do that. It's a bit of a drag queen's RuPaul. It's a bit of a drag queen's RuPaul. Uh, I'm actually performing with, um, with some drag queens um, next weekend at the O2. I'm, I'm part of this show at the O2 in London. Right. Now, and, that is not what I was expecting you to bring up today, Phil Wine. That's... <laughs> but but, but it, it's going to be... Um, yeah, I've never performed on shared a stage with uh, with drag queens before. Have you performed with drag queens before? I have a couple of times, but it's generally it, it, it's been at hosting. It's been hosting pride events and things like that. Uh, I've worked with drag queens. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so, so what is your what is what is your gig with with, with, with drag queens? What is this at O two? What's happening, man? Um, it's uh, just for laughs. Uh, doing um a fest one of the festivals in London and mainly in the O2. And Graham Norton is hosting a big gala, as in like a big lineup show. I'm just doing like ten Amazing. minutes, and it's Catherine Ryan's on, Joe Lysett's on, and Amazing. um and some acts from UK Drag Race and Sam Ryder from. Oh, uh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, it's quite a varied lineup. Yeah. Sick. Is it, that sounds like Graham Norton picked the bill himself, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. someone said, "Also put Phil Wang on it." <laughs> not at all. <laughs> why, why would he not love you? Come on. <laughs> uh, well, I, I thank you, thank you very much for chatting. I know we've not we've kind of just had a general blather. Um, oh yeah, you... sorry. I, I just you just bring something up and I find it interesting. Like I, I, you oh. know, I was really fascinated here about. Pride, oh, shouldn't, yeah, history with pride. I shouldn't really have winded. I shouldn't have, sorry, wind on. Right, there we go. I've done that. I've actually done that. Now, people say that around me all the time. Most sorry. people don't even realize I've said it around me. But it was one thing that I said before we came on that you better not say something like that. And I've done it. <laughs> so, there we go. I failed miserably. Sorry. How often does that happen? Like, Quite quite a lot. People say um, I've been wanging on about something or I've wanged on about that. Um, and they'll say it looking me in the eye and not realize they've just said my name. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I, 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 I find it incredibly uh, offensive. Have <laughs> I, I completely utterly fallen at the last hurdle here? <laughs> 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 oh, that is hilarious. And I'm like. I wonder how it started. I wonder how Wang became because it here in the UK Wang means well, it means a few things. It means dick, most famously, uh -huh. penis, and it means to throw very hard. So welly wanging is oh, right, yeah, like okay, an event yeah, somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Just throw something really hard, and then wanging on is to sort of, as you say, bang on about something. So yeah, I don't know. I, do you know that this the very bizarre thing is it's not generally. A, a word that I kind of use anyhow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> do you think if you'd been, do you reckon if you've not been speaking to me, you would never have said it? Did I get into your head? No, I really Was it, did. Did I Darren yeah. Brown you into saying wanging on? I, I don't know. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. I have to take one, my own responsibility. It was there. <laughs> was, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I never say it. I'm not saying I never say it. It's just not. I'm, you know, it's not an expression I use. I use often. And and I can't believe that I've just done that at the last hurdle. I'm like eternally ashamed. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, on, I'm really pleased, Don. I'm really I'm really kidding. That's all right. I'm trying to think of a way to use agnew in a sentence, and it's very it's much harder. Well, what uh, I had a, I had a teacher 
the this is terrible. I had a teacher um if I was late for class. I knew I knew we're going to be late. But I oh. knew I knew you're know. you going to be late. Well, I, I also got a lot of Ah yeah, no, 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 this pineapple I got that at school. <laughs> Children are actually a lot more creative yeah. than adults, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, well, our minds are shut to these things, you know. Like, yeah, you know, children, children know how to inflict cruel and unusual punishment that I don't think a, an adult brain can quite get. <laughs> to. No, we've closed <laughs> off all those corridors. Yeah, ours is, ours is more. You know, as an adult, you're probably more likely to be creative physically with your violence. You know, as a child. <laughs> You have to. <laughs> uh, you have to. You know, was, 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 was that was that where was that, was was that where you know the comedy bug came from? Was that? A, were you 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 just you you went you you know the you know the classic um, cliche of the bullied comedian? Are you no? The classic what? The classic cliche of the bullied. Comedian? No, not, not not particularly. I, I sort of saw comedy as this very interesting, like, intellectual challenge, trying to figure out how to make people laugh. And, and I, I always really enjoyed performing. And I think a lot big part of it, I've only realized recently, was I loved um, professional wrestling when I was a teenager. And right. what those guys are actually really great at is, like, mic technique and public speaking <laughs> and keeping keeping the flow going and being silly and being funny and being very dramatic and also telling people what when shows were on which is most of this job just sunday yes. sunday sunday this sunday i'm gonna fight sunday sunday 8 p.m live on whatever channel and it turns out the comedy is the same thing you have to get on stage you have to hold the mic and you have to when you're not doing that you have to tell people when shows are yeah uh, yeah so i think i have now a sort of i, I look back and i have a real appreciation as a stand-up comedian for professional wrestling. I think there's actually a lot of crossover between stand-up, stand-up comedy, professional wrestling, and drag queens, and drag, you know? It's, yeah. And, and it's all crazy much the same. And I, 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 would, I, would, I would stick politics in at the top of that Venn diagram as well. You think? Like, oh, yes. I, I, yeah, I think, you know, Trump was just, Trump, for example, I think to an extent Boris was as well, uh, essentially just that sort of ringmaster sort of pro wrestling promoter really just how do we create as yeah. much just noise as we possibly can <laughs> um we don't agree yeah, with you. everyone's trying to come with a catchphrase and yeah yeah well that's it just give us a catchphrase give us something we can all chant out you know every time we see you you know um it's it's you could i i too was a big wrestling fan one of my comedy heroes is bobby heenan like i don't think there was anybody funnier Bobby Heenan. Yeah. He, he was a common, the commentator alongside Gorilla Monsoon. So I, I think there's it's ten years between you and I. So you're you're pro wrestling. No, you're, oh <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Yeah, my 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 era was Jr. and uh, yeah. the, and Lawler, the King. And yeah, Jerry J Lawler. Yeah. I see. I was. Oh, cool. I, I I was slightly before that was so Gorilla Monsoon. Vince McMahon, when he was a commentator, and Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan was this kind of blonde-haired, loud-mouth, the weasel. Yeah, uh, but he was very talented, yeah. you know. Uh, but they're so they're such great broadcasters. You only appreciate as an adult what good broadcasters they were. Yeah, I think they talk for hours. Like, like, yeah, 
four or five hour shifts, you know, probably 20, 30 different participants a night, and they were all on the brief, <laughs> yeah. selling sto- the, the new storylines, the new, what was good, you know, they had... They knew like, the names of finishing moves, they knew <laughs> the yeah, characters' histories, yeah, really amazing. Yes. Dutch, no, the, <laughs> and yeah, nothing to do with comedy or Glasgow, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to yeah. I'm looking forward to coming, man. Yeah, well, it'll be good. To, it's it's going to be good to see you. Um, just a quick reminder: you are at the King's Theatre on April the second. Yes, that's all yes. right. Uh, the historic, and... enormous King's Theatre. It's so big. Please it is, come. It is huge, and and people will love you. You know, just <laughs> Thank they, you. they love you already. Anyhow, you know. You're going, to have a, you're going to have a lovely time, uh, and we're looking forward to having you. Uh, so, Phil, thank you so much uh, for being on uh, the, the, the Glasgow International Comedy Festival podcast, and we will see you uh, on April 2nd. On April 2nd. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me, man. Really thank good you. to chat, and I'll see you then. See you later. Bye. See you thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Next on our Festival Fast Fives is Helen Pryor. Hello guys, my name is Helen Pryor, I am a comedian and I'm looking forward to come to Glasgow to perform my show Adventures of an Old mm, Cunt. Oh, don't be scared of this word. English classics like Chaucer, Shakespeare, Ben Johnson use this word, just meaning the place which gives life and pleasure. Well, meant not to everybody, but to many of us. So my show is going to detoxify this word, and I need your support. Enough is enough. Why should be this sacred place so dirty? And my show is about resurrection, and also about erection. The thing is, if you've been at the border of life and death, you appreciate every moment, every aspect of life. And sex is about it as well, isn't it? Oh, and you will hear a lot about art, how it reflects on this hilarious story of life. Oh, I love Glasgow. I've been in Glasgow about 15 years ago, and I remember one funny situation when somebody gave me a compliment saying that my English was rather good. And I thought the guy was Greek, with big nose, black eyes, and I told him, darling, your English is good too because I thought really that he was from Greece, well, he was not. He said, I'm local, from Glasgow. And I thought, bloody hell, I was trying to give him a compliment for his not-so-good English. (laughs) But actually, I realized it was a very strong Glasgow accent. So this time, I'm going to understand everything of it, I think, and learn a few some words. Oh, I'm also looking forward to see the barrel collection. I saw it a few years ago when I've been in Glasgow, and since then it was um, something was changed there. You know, new things, new building. It was reconstruction. So I'm looking forward to these temples of art. So I'm sure if you want to see something in Glasgow, that's the place to go to the barrel collection. All my jokes, I love so many guys. I really joke now every minute. Why to cry, I think. It's better to have some jokes, have some, to have a laugh. And one of the jokes I will tell you probably is, well, sex drought turned me into a desert. But guys, it's not bad. Because if you look at the biblical moment of desert, desert is actually a way to devil. 
but you have to go to devil before you reach to God, to heavens. So it's okay. It helps you to love yourself. I'll come to my show and I'll tell you what I've done with my life, you know, <laughs> through devil towards heavens. Oh, and by the way, I actually don't mind some hecklers, particularly if they're nice guys and they're shouting from the audience, Helen, can we see you after the show? Well, if you come and shout that, believe me, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> and I would love to see you after this show. Just come. Well, there's another wonderful comedians, of course. Some of them are great, like Kay Adams. Oh, she's well known of using some shit word <laughs> on, on, on TV, on the main national TV. And she's also a dancer. Well, if you come to, I, heard her, I saw her on Strictly. If you come to my show, you'll find that actually I've beaten her. I'm the world champion in ballroom dancing. Well, a lot of love attached to it is that. Love, I mean, and love. Too, by the way. <laughs> so come to my show, enjoy a lot of love, hilarious story, learn about art, yes, and see how you can turn your life from a victim to a victorious survivor. That's what happened to me. That's your Helen Pryor, and I do wait you. Uh, I hope to see you in Van Winkles on 16th of March at 20 p.m. Let's laugh together. And finally, we are joined by Kevin Daniel for our final Festival Fast Five today. Hello, my name's Kevin Daniel. I'm doing a show called Freedom at the Van Winkle Bar and Grill on Saturday the 1st of April at 4pm. Favourite Glasgow memory? Um, I don't know, just growing up in Springburn. As a boy, me and my two big brothers and all the daft stuff we used to get up to in Springburn Park and playing football and climbing trees and riding bikes and all that cool stuff you do when you're wee in Glasgow uh, in the 70s that was so I no it was good just that really what should people go and see uh, in Glasgow um, just the city just wander about the city Gelfin Grove Art Gallery is always a favourite place of mine uh, and the Mitchell Library as well just think it's a beautiful building architecturally listen to me sounding all posh architecturally um, or if you want some proper culture, real culture, then go to the famous Horseshoe Bar on a Sunday night for their karaoke. <laughs> Can't beat that. Um, what's your favourite joke? So many favourite jokes. So many brilliant comedians. Um, there's one that does make me laugh, though, which is an Ed Byrne joke. I think he says, uh, we've got two kids, five and six. Uh, we're terrible at naming things in our house. <laughs> I like that one. Um, what's the best heckle you've ever had? Um, well, I've known me Dane comedy that long, so I've not really been heckled that much, but I, I did have one kind of heckle where a lady at the back of the room put her hand up very politely, a very posh lady in Cambridgeshire when I was doing a gig. See, I live down here in England, you see. Um, uh, came down here on missionary work um, about 23 years ago now. But yeah, a lady at a gig in Cambridgeshire put her hand up very politely at the back of the room and I, I kind of stopped and said, yes, madam, what, what can I do for you? And she said, sorry, um, have you always sounded like that? And I said to her, yes, of, of course, I've, I've always sounded like this. And she said, oh, okay. I just thought perhaps she'd had a head trauma. Apparently <laughs> this is what brain damage sounds like in Cambridgeshire. So yeah, so that's me. Um, 
looking forward to coming up to the festival. Can't wait to see um, anybody that comes to the show. I think the tickets are doing all right. I think I've got about nine tickets left. So, um, yeah, grab a ticket if you can. It'd be great to see you. Thanks very much.